Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine in these last days. Join Pastor Moses for today's message. Um, I'm excited and delighted to have the opportunity. Well, maybe excited and delighted is not the word, actually. I am deeply, genuinely thankful uh, to have the opportunity to be here, uh, to be here in the United States of America, and um, to also um, recognize the part that this country gets to play in the grand scheme of things. You know, um, as kingdom people, as folks who know genuinely what we have been saved from, which is the system of the world, and to the system of God's dear son, Jesus Christ, we think kingdom and all things that we get exposed to and that we get to experience, we get to assess, we get to appreciate from a kingdom perspective. And so knowing fully well that from this great country, many missionaries have been sent. In fact, let's put it this way, more missionaries more evangelists have been sent to the rest of the world than from any other country. And that is not a mean achievement at all. I mean, the United States of America is not lacking in achievements, you know, politically, in, in technology, in warfare, in, in welfare. We, we're not lacking um, in this country, in accolades and in accomplishments. However, there is just that one that isn't particularly sung enough. And I think if anyone's going to sing it, it's going to have to be people like me who have greatly benefited from the, from the heart for the gospel that the United States of America has. I have benefited greatly, 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 greatly. Growing up, I was in, my life was impacted very positively um, and in a number of ways by missionaries who left their home, the United States of America, uh, to preach the gospel in Nigeria, to preach the gospel all across West Africa and then to the ends of the earth. And when I say to the ends of the earth and that I still benefited from that is because as I grew older and began traveling the world, Almost everywhere that I went to, I met people who have also encountered those that were sent from this great country. And so our lives are as rich as they are now because of the fact that some people obeyed um, the call to preach the gospel and the culture that has been created here over centuries has been such a culture that made it conducive for people to believe that they can that they can do what the word of God says, you know, because it's one thing to see it and to think, you know what? Yeah, maybe God's referring to some people, but then America has that can do attitude that we can do it. We can, we, we can, we can take the land. We can be free. We can be prosperous. We can be fruitful. We can multiply, you see, because without believing those things, which essentially the word of God commands us to believe. I mean, look at how many times God said to Yeshua, said to Joshua, to be bold and to be courageous, to believe that he can, to believe that the God of his salvation is with him and so he cannot fail. God said it several times. And those were the things that were believed very greatly by the founding fathers. If they didn't believe that, how would the number of people who came here, maybe a couple of thousands of people, how would they have even, I mean, you would have been daunted without knowing that you can, without believing that you can, you would have been daunted by the sheer mass of the land that you have come to. 
But look at us today. This country has been fruitful. It has multiplied. And all through yesterday, and even into today, I keep thinking about this thanks, I mean, this Independence Day celebration as being um, sort of like a Thanksgiving holiday, if you would. Because almost every post that I saw, every message that was shared with me, every picture, every greeting card that was passed around that I came across, that, that I saw, had a tone of gratitude to it. People are just genuinely thankful for this country. And that made me think that why are we so thankful? I believe that we are being as thankful as we are because of the culture of patriotism that marks this great nation, the culture of patriotism. And what gives birth to patriotism? Sacrifice. We will not feel patriotic or feel loyal to this country if not for the sacrifices of those that came before us and the sacrifices that are continually made today to uphold the integrity of the vision that birthed this land. I tell you what, there is no patriotism without sacrifices and it is all that sacrifice that we are thankful for, that we are grateful for. For me, I said this about two weeks ago on this broadcast, might have been the Tuesday prophetic teaching, but I said it not that long ago, that it is a privilege to be in the United States of America especially when you are aware of the requirements of being part of the kingdom of God. And when I say requirements for being a part of the kingdom of God, these are requirements that are an extension of the privilege that we have. Because there are believers today, the moment they hear requirement, they label you as someone who isn't preaching the grace of God, but preaching works. The Bible itself says that faith without works is dead in itself. There are still requirements. Okay, so grace saved us, but grace did not save us to put our feet up and do nothing. No, no, the Bible says, Jesus himself speaking, it says, do business, occupy till I come. Alrighty, so when I say requirements, those, those requirements are an extension of our privilege. Let me give you an example of the requirements. The Bible lets us know, Jesus speaking, he says, now I am leaving, you remain, you go preach the gospel. We are required to preach the gospel. There is no sincere or genuine privilege that does not come with responsibility. When you have the privilege of wearing a crown of royalty, it comes with the responsibility of looking after the people that you are royalty over or that you are a king over. So with, with the privilege of being saved comes the responsibility of acting as ambassadors of heaven here on earth, as being kingdom agents. So going back to what I was saying, when we have a, a genuine understanding of the requirements of the kingdom, of what it means, the requirements of the kingdom, of what it means for us to be soldiers in the army, what it means for us to be representatives of Jesus Christ here on the earth. Let me, let me put it this way, just so that I can go straight to the point and make it simple. When you live in a country where there is no unity, when you live in a country where there is no patriot, patriotism, patriotism, when you live in a country where there is no identity that binds the people together, everybody just goes and defend for themselves and is every man for himself, and, and his family. Look, I'm going to do whatever it is I can just to make my family survive. And that's why when you look at countries that have been eaten from the inside out with corruption, um, 
That's what happens. People just want to fend for themselves. But, on, but then you come here and you find that there is a common identity and there is that, that identity is the United States. It's that emblem that is called the United States of America, the red, white, and blue. And you see what that does to the believer that is in this country or that is aware of this country is it allows for you to see in the natural some of those principles that are function, that are required or that are beneficial to proper, effective kingdom reasoning kingdom thinking. So I am here today because some people bled to make this country what it is today. That is in the natural. But from a kingdom perspective, I am here because Jesus bled for me. I am here because not only did Jesus bleed, the ones that he handed the baton to he told them, he says, look, what they did to me, they will do to you. And those guys were very gallant about it. They took it on with zest such that the first time that they were beaten for the sake of the gospel, rather than weeping and crying and reconsidering their obedience to the call, they rejoiced very greatly to have been counted worthy to suffer persecution. That is the kind of heart with which soldiers, the soldiers that are represented or defending this country, that is the same kind of zest with which they go out to battle, knowing fully well that if others hadn't stood up before them, then they would not even have a ground to stand on. And so when we look at it from that perspective, the baton has been handed off to us. If we do not preach the gospel, then we are not patriotic citizens of the kingdom of heaven simply because some people did it ahead of us. I mean, there's just a lot more to learn from this country and to learn from the season that we are in. Because I believe very strongly, like Paul was speaking in the book of Romans chapter one, that from the visible elements of this world, we have an understanding of the invisible attributes of God and of eternity. From the things that are happening in the natural, we have an understanding of the signs, I mean, of, of, of the things that are going on in the realm of the spirit. Why? Because the things that we see are an extension of the things that we do not see. And that is the reason why it has become more critical to us than ever before to ensure that we are not at any point in time just going with the flow. Because if we are going with the flow, then the world only gets to see that which the hand of the enemy is perpetrating. We need to stand and speak the truth in love. We need to stand and shine as the light that we are. God did not say, arise and switch on your light. No. He said, arise and shine. Why is that important or what's the difference? You are already light because as he is, so are you. And all you need to do is take a stand. Because a number of us, we worry much about where we're going to get the power from to light the bulb. We worry too much about how we're going to switch the light on. And that is the reason why we don't get up. Jesus says, get up. Don't even premeditate what you will say. Once you get up with a right heart and you get up in defense of the kingdom, when you get up to uphold the bloodstained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you get up to to uphold, to uphold the identity of the body of Christ, which is love, love for one another and love for the kingdom. Guess what happens? That light just shines anyway. And that is exactly the simplicity of your assignment. And it doesn't have to be any more complex than that. So today I have a word, which is a reminder word. And while I was yet meditating on it, there was a thought that came to my mind. And the thought that came to my mind is this. 
And I want to just quickly take us to one of the epistles of Paul. Where Paul was speaking, he says, For me to say a thing to you twice isn't grievous. He said, but for you, it is safe. And why was Paul saying that? I've got something that, I've, that I noted here that I just want to quickly bring to our attention. Um, and I just know that if I, can just, if I can find it very quickly, it will, just, it, it will make for some time saving because we're just going to get there real quick. Um, let's go right now. Um, yes, I found it. First John chapter five, verse three. Before I continue to speak about what Paul was saying about the gospel of remembrance, there is this concept that's been on my heart for a little while. And I thought I'll begin with that today um, from first John chapter five, verse three. And also while we're looking or while we're searching to get there, I want to just quickly say this. I mentioned it earlier on, but I'm going to say it again, that there is no patriotism without sacrifice. And once we receive that patriotism as a gift, or let, let's say this way, patriotism is, is, our, is a way of showing our appreciation for the sacrifices that have been made, then guess what happens? It fills our hearts with gratitude. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm preparing our minds for a word that the Lord's put on my heart for us today about the seasons that are ahead of us. The seasons that are ahead of us are seasons wherein the church will go through persecution like we have never seen it before. But what gets us through the persecution or what prepares our heart for the persecution is in recognizing the sacrifices of the heroes that went ahead of us, of the matters, of, of the matters that went ahead of us of the sacrifices that were made ahead of us. We need to see from the perspective of heaven in terms of how God celebrates such sacrifices. When you read the book of Revelations and you see pictures of heaven and you see where Paul, where John was talking about the visions of heaven, he sees the blood of the saints that have been mattered for the kingdom. He sees how that is so close. I mean, it, it's like an artifact that is so carefully or so jealously guarded. It is in the presence of God. And so God, the Bible says, does not forget our labor of love. You see, when Jesus was going to the cross, he recognizes that that sacrifice will be a tough and a very difficult one, even to the point of asking for the cup to pass over him. But you know what the Bible says? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He knows that if he would go through with it, the reward will be eternal. If he would go through with it, the example will be clear that you see, the example could not be any more clear than Jesus himself demonstrating the love of God by sacrificing his own life. And if he, if he can lay that example for you and I to follow, then the, con the continuity of the kingdom is guaranteed because we will not have an excuse and we will not be confused, so to speak, simply because we have seen it clearly demonstrated, the love of God toward us. And so when, I'm, when, we, when we live in a country wherein patriotism is 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 the order of the day is is I would even say uh, the backbone of the culture of this land. Then it becomes a lot easier for us because we've seen it and we see it demonstrated constantly. Now, is that patriotism being threatened today? Yes, it is being threatened. Are people getting dissatisfied with certain things that are in the country to the point of now saying they are ready to shame, you know, the identity? They are ready to shame the flag? Yes, all of those things are going on and and. Are they um, 
meant to be a surprise to us? No. Revelation chapter 16, when the, when, 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 the, when the plagues began, what did the Bible say? The Bible says that because of the pain with which men were inflicted, they felt justified to blaspheme the name of God. Men in their pain and because of their pain began to blaspheme the name of God. And so when you see people that are blaspheming the identity of this great nation, some are doing it because of their pain. They find justification in their pain to do that. Now, does that make it justified? No. Is there ever any justification for us to blaspheme the name of God because of the pain that we'll go through? No. The friends of Job came to Job and they were like, well, if you've truly done right, then I don't know, man. Are you trying to say that God is unjust? And and even even Paul, even even Job, even one of Job's wives came to Job and said, I think at this point you're justified if you would curse God. Just curse him and die. What's, I mean, what's, what you're experiencing right now is worse than death. Why don't you just blaspheme the name of God and, and, and call it a day? You see what I mean? And that is exactly where a lot of people have come to in this country, wherein they feel like because of their dissatisfaction with the way things are going, they have now the justification to put gratitude aside and to toss patriotism to the wind and do exactly as they please. Please, we have come to a culture or to a generation of let my will be done. People want their will to be done as opposed to the will of God. And now as believers, we cannot afford to be in the same boat as the people who feel justified to blaspheme the name of God. Let me put it this way. I've said it before and I'm saying it again. If we do not see the privileges that we have in the natural as sacred, there is no way we can show or extend any, 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 any reverence to the things that are holy in heaven. If I see my brother and my sister, and I think because of the fact that I don't like what they do, I don't like the way they sound, I don't even like their history. And so because of that, I see them less than I am. Then what am I doing? I am making, I'm blaspheming the name of God. What is his name? His name is the creator. And he made man in his image and in his likeness. So there is never a time that I need to think of myself more highly than I ought to. That the Bible says not to do that. Especially when you're doing it by making other people, by belittling other people so that you can feel exalted. We shouldn't do that. There should never be a justification for, for putting anybody down because they don't believe in what you believe. There should never be a justification. Jesus says, whoever says to his brother without a cause, without a cause you are a fool. The, he will stand in judgment and answer to that ex expression. And so even if somebody does not agree with me politically, that doesn't make them a fool. The only condition for being a fool, really and truly, is if you say in your heart, there is no God. See, that is the only condition the Bible gives us. The Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. But then if somebody does not agree with me, if, if the person does not believe in the things that I have come to hold so dear, guess what? I still need to reverence and appreciate their existence because as long as they live, there remain a potential for light and for salt on this earth. As long as they live. Because you know what? There are people that I've had heated debates with five, six years ago. And now when I listen to them, we're pretty much saying the same thing. When I listen to them now and when we have discourses now, there is no discord. 
because we are so united now that the Holy Spirit's taken us through all of those journeys and brought us together. So some people that don't agree with you today, if the Lord delays is coming, might be your might, might, might be seen by you or might be more easily seen by you as comrades tomorrow. Simply because God is taking you on a journey and he is taking them on a journey also. And that is the reason why we cannot continue to defile the ones that the Lord holds so dear. That person that you defile with your words, with your look, with your actions, and even sometimes with your inaction are the same people that God calls beloved. He says that they are the apple of his eyes. And so let us elevate ourselves above the principles that we hold dear to embrace lovingly the people that God holds dear. And so that applies not just to people, but that applies also to this nation. Don't say because you don't like the political landscape today, the United States of America is no longer that country that has been such and that has been so instrumental in the spread of the gospel. Let not the enemy take your attention away from the things that are holy and set them on the things that are profane so that you can continue to grow or to degenerate in profanity. Let us not speak evil of what that which the Lord calls holy. So it begins in the natural. You see, you find that most people who, are e who find it easy to rubbish their nation, who find it easy to despise other people, they find it easy also to despise the things of God. It is just the way it is because an unjust wage is an abomination before the Lord. So if you think you're going to speak evil of your neighbor and speak evil of your country on the one hand and on the other hand, you're going to magnify the Lord, your lie and the truth is not in you because that is an unjust weight. Let your conversation, the Bible says, always be that of a believer. Your conversation should be that of a believer, not that of a religious person, but that of a believer. What does it mean to have a conversation of the believer? To speak in love because love, the Bible says, believes all things. So when I'm speaking concerning a person who is not yet functioning as I expect them to function or functioning as I know the Bible would have them function, I should not speak evil of them, but I should speak calling the things that aren't as though they were that they might be. I should bless them and not curse them. Even the ones who stand as an adversary to me, Jesus says, bless you. The Bible says, Jesus says, pray for your enemies, bless them that curse you, pray for them that persecute you and the ones that compel you do not resist. And so these are the things that sometimes we take for granted. And we just think that, you know what? I believe in my heart, Jesus is Lord, and he's coming for his saints. But I no longer believe in this country and this and that. And you start to mouth things that, does, that do. Let me tell you something. If you cannot speak out of gratitude, do not speak at all. Because there are times that it is better for us to be mute than for us to be brute. It is better for us sometimes to be mute than for us to be brute, to just be speaking as though we are hidden. We are not hidden. We are of the kingdom and the, and the emblem, the flag of our kingdom, the crest of our kingdom, our kingdom identity, the national identity of the kingdom of God is love. And until we get that registered into every fabric of our being, into every fiber within us, we are not going to see the kingdom come. The kingdom comes by love. The kingdom is upheld by love and the kingdom spreads by love. Let us be loving. Let us be appreciative of the things that we have and let gratitude be the order of our day. Alrighty. So let's go continue uh, to 1 John chapter 5 verse 3. 1 John chapter 5 verse 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments 
are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. Okay, now, why is this important? I want to share this very quickly. Today, if you want to make a note in your, if you want to write in your notes, the title for today's message, I have titled it very simply, The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see, we talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit all the time, but today, specifically, I want to speak about the ministry of remembrance. You see, because Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit, he said, I will send you another comforter who is the spirit of truth. And he will bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said. So remembrance, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So today I want to speak to us about remembrance. Paul said a thing that I love so much. He said for me to say a thing to you twice for me to remind you of that which i have already said it is not burdensome but for you it is safe to say the same thing to you again it is not a burden why because it isn't really me doing it it is the ministry of the holy spirit so when i find myself moving and operating in the ministry of remembrance i am pretty much hitchhiking or hitching a ride on the back of the Holy Spirit because that is his ministry. And that is the reason why Paul says, for me, it is not grievous. But we have been called to be co-laborers together with him, to bring others to remembrance, even as we are brought to remembrance by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, folks. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And one of the most critical things for us is to recognize that there is a ministry that has been committed into our hands and it is the ministry of remembrance. I am so thankful to God for the apostles and for the teachers and pastors that have been raised in our times that teach us and continue to teach on the grace of God because the grace of God, the gospel of the grace of God is the gospel of remembrance, reminding us that all things have already been done and provided. We just need to receive that understanding and begin to walk and enjoy the privileges while also observing our responsibilities. I always like to add that to strike the balance. You see, the ministry and the gospel of remembrance is a gospel that is meant to be preached now more than ever before. Why? Many of the people that you and I encounter on a day-to-day basis claim to be born again. Many of the people that we know, particularly in this country, claim to be Christians. Many of the people that we know even profess to be believers. And if we are not careful, we will get carried away by the things that they say and, and feel like there is not much else to do. Everyone is safe. Even if we don't have the same political ideas, even if we argue all day on social media, one thing that we do know is that we don't have to worry too much because we are going to heaven. We all will make it because we believe in Christ Jesus. We believe in his sonship as the only begotten son of God who came to die for us. And so we've stopped witnessing to people. We've stopped preaching the gospel simply because whatever you want to say, you feel like they have heard it before. Today, I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, don't just assume that because they have heard it before, you don't have to say it again. The Bible says that we need to say it again. Paul said, I will say it again because for me, it is not a burden being the ministry of the Holy Spirit, of course, but for you, it is safe because there is no safety in having heard 
but there is safety in continually hearing for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and not having heard the word of God, but by hearing the word of God. We need to continually hear it. We need to say it again and again because the secret to doing the commandment is being reminded of that which has been said. The secret to doing it is being reminded of that which has been said. And that was the reason why when God committed to Moses or committed to the children of Israel, the commandment through the hand of the lawgiver Moses, he also included many principles and strategies for remembering that which he commanded them. He said to Moses to tell them to write the commandments and bind it upon their foreheads. They needed to have, they, they, was, they were to write it and, and, and inscribe it on the lintels of their houses, on the thresholds everywhere so that wherever they turn, they will continually be reminded of what God has said. Simply because we have just read it here. We need to obey the commandments of God, but there is no obeying a commandment that you have only heard once. You only obey that which you hear consistently. And someone says, but why do we have to hear it consistently? Once I've heard it once, it's okay, isn't it? No, it isn't. It isn't okay because at the end of the day, we don't see your fruits, my friend. If truly you are walking in it, we should see the fruits thereof. Because I don't just put a seed in the ground and water it once and go away and say, well, I've done my part. I've watered it. No, I have to continually water it. The Bible says be instant in season and out of season. If hearing it once is enough, then why did the Holy Spirit have to come? The disciples heard it for three and a half years. And Jesus says, it's not enough because I made you Jesus in the flesh. Was the word of God become flesh? I know things were made by the word of God. Jesus was like, yes, I know the stuff that you're made up of because I created you. And so I know that if you're not kept in constant remembrance, there is no way you will continue to abide because the time would come wherein the world will be in so much turmoil that you need to be reminded. Now today, folks, without further ado, I want to tell us five things. Five things that we need to remind other people of. Five things that we cannot afford our comrades not to remember. And these are also five things, incidentally, that the Holy Spirit reminds you and I of on a regular basis. Now, one of them, which I would actually like to start with, is this. We need to always be reminded and to remind other people that we were not saved by our own bloods, but we were saved by the blood of the Lamb. It is very important because the Bible says that they overcame by the word, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We overcame by the blood of the lamb. And so it is the same blood that saved me, that saved you. And so if I was bought for the same price as you were, why should I think that I am of more value than you are? And someone says, but brother Moses, I don't go around thinking that I am more important than other people, that I have more value than other people. Well, but in reality, the moment you always think or you go on in the mindset that your understanding is always the right one and that what you know is always, the, 
you know, more of, 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 of the ideals that you uphold are more important than that of the other person, you are invariably saying that the other person is not as important as you. I can prove that to you. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think that your own ideas and principles that you think in your heart are more important than that of the person, those ideas are who you are and their ideas are who they are, at least at that particular point in time. And so thinking that your ideals, because as you think, so you are. If you think what you are is more important than who they are, then invariably, what are you saying? You are, you are saying that maybe another price was paid for you, that maybe you have more value than they. And remember again, God did not pay more than the market price. It's not like well, maybe the day God was paying for our salvations, some of us were more important, but you know, maybe there was just a fixed price for all souls on the day. And so he paid for me, even though I have more value. No, 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 no. You know the what? I've quoted this scripture before, but I want to apply it a little differently. That an unjust weight is an abomination to God. If God says it's an abomination for a weight to be imbalanced, then the price that I am paying should always match what I am paying for. Because if I pay more, than what this thing is worth than I have overpaid. And someone is saying, how dare you say that I am worth the life of Jesus? You are. You know why? Because the you that fell is not what he paid for. He paid for the you that now is living the glorified life of the Son of God. And so the price of what he paid, the price that he paid had to be commensurate to what he is paying for. It is the way the kingdom of heaven works. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 talks about the principle of God's business as calling the things that aren't as though they were so that they might be. So while we were yet sinners, Romans chapter 3 verse 5 says Christ died for us. So basically while we were worth nothing, he paid the highest price for us simply because he wants us to attain the highest value. And so the moment you begin to allow that to be the reality of your thinking then the other person becomes more lovable than they were you just find yourself more appreciative of other people and more loving of other people because of the fact that you know that the same blood that paid for you paid for them same price same value every man democrat republican liberal or not involved everybody was the same price was paid and we need to be reminded of that because if we're not reminded of that, then guess what? It becomes difficult for us to keep the commandment. The commandment is a commandment that is operated on the altar of, re of remembrance. Think about the commandment as nuts that you cannot crack without putting into a device. And that device is remembrance. And when you put the commandments into the remembrance and then you crack it open, guess what happens? Then you can enjoy the fruit thereof. A verse of scripture that describes what I've just said is the one that says that the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. When you're just looking at that which has been written as a command to love your neighbor as yourself, it is not what gives your life. What gives your life is when the spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the word and releases the life therein to you. And now we know how the Holy Spirit comes upon the word. He comes upon the word in remembrance, by remembrance, for remembrance. 
So I want to encourage you folks, let us stop assuming that that other person, because they were ordained in their church denomination, they know what to do. Every opportunity that we have, let us be like Paul. Let us remind other people of what is of, 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 of the principles of the kingdom and of the things that matter, particularly the value of each and every one of us. I'm going to give you five things I said, but you may think about other things. So the Holy Spirit might weigh other things on your heart. Now, the second thing that I want to remind us of is from that same verse of scripture that says we overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. You need to remind others to share what the Lord has done for them. Those people who are close to me, they know it. I take so much delight in sharing other people's testimonies. In fact, my wife was sending me, the, she shared a testimony with me the other day. I was like, man, we need to record that testimony. She was like, why don't you just say it on my behalf? Because you say it better. Why do I say other people's testimonies better? Because of how excited I, I get when I see what the Lord is doing in the lives of other people. And I have done this pretty much all my life. Over the years, this is what I do. And you know, we have our senses sharpened by reason of use. I, I say, I've, I love sharing other people's testimonies to the point that now, when someone tells me a testimony, they want me to help them share it. And, and that is something that we take for granted. We take for granted the significance of hearing of what the Lord has done in your life. Because when God did it, he didn't just do it for the fun of it. He didn't do it to show off to you. Because for you to have even received, you have to have believed. And the Bible says, whoever must come to God must first of all believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God does not have to impress himself or impress you or prove himself to you. No, he is doing those things in your life so that you can be a partner with him in proving to the world that God is good. So he's not doing it to impress you. He is doing it to make an impression through you. And that is the reason why you cannot keep it to yourself. You need to share it. And let me tell you something. It is okay for you to tell that person who is so adamant about what they believe, about what they think, the, the direction they think the country should be going. Oh, I believe this. Everybody should think like this. Look, all they need sometimes to be humble is for you to tell them that, you know what, five years ago, I used to believe that. Or five years ago, I believed this. I was so convinced that this was the truth. I was so convinced that these people were right. I was so convinced about this and convinced about that. But here I am now. I have come to realize. Share what God has done to, for you. If he has brought you from a place of ignorance, now to a place of knowledge. If he's brought you from a place of cynicism, now to a place of godly appreciation. If he's brought you from a place of sentiments, now to a place where if you're not led, you're not moving. So you're not being sentimental anymore. You're not being emotional. You're being led by the spirit. Share that with somebody because by your testimony, they will be reminded of what is important and what is key. Now, the other thing, I want us to go very quickly to John chapter 14, verse 16. John 14, 16. It looks like we're reading a lot from John today, from 1 John, now we're going to John itself. John, the gospel, according to John chapter 14, verse 16. Are you there? Alrighty. Now, this is what Jesus said here in John 14, 16. If I let's quickly read verse 15, just to get a little bit of context. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay. Now, what did we just read in 1 John chapter 4? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 that we just read. I want to quickly go back there because of the fact that um, 
the man as well read the same scripture on some days. He says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandment. Now that's first John chapter five is three. First John chapter 14 verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. Let me tell you something. If you love your brother and your sister, you will remind them of what the Lord has said. Again, that love is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the one that sheds abroad our hearts, the love of God. Jesus said it. Paul said it. John said it. If you love him, you will keep his commandment. The way Paul puts it, Paul puts it this way. He says the one that you obey is the one that you serve. And so if you love him, you will keep his commandments. You will obey what he commands. And by so doing, you will be of service to him modeling to others what it means to be an example of a believer. Now you see verse 15 here says, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. But what I really want us to see today in verse is in verse 16. He says, and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. This helper will abide with you forever. So that means there should never be an end to us partnering with the Holy Spirit. There should never be an end to us reminding others of the things that have been commandment, reminding them of the value of others, reminding them to share their testimony. It is very important because if we don't know that this needs to be ongoing, this needs to be consistent, this needs to be something that we do all the time, then we may spend the better time, the, the best of our time looking for unbelievers and not find them. Whereas, in fact, the believers that are that you are passing by along the way also need you to preach to them. They need you to speak the word to them. They need you to remind them of the things that have been said. We need to remind one another. Simply because if we say the only thing that we've been commanded to do is to preach the gospel to unsaved people, then we would not even have fulfilled the entire commandment or the entire commission. Remember that I was sharing with us on Tuesday, um, I believe it was Tuesday or maybe Friday during the Q&A, one of those, that the gospel is not just get people saved, it is get people discipled. And how do we disciple people? We disciple people not just because we got saved before them, but we disciple people in the areas wherein we have become fruit bearers. If I am bearing fruit in an area, I'm going to disciple other people to bear fruit in that area. And other people who are bearing fruit in one area will disciple me. You see, because when we are intentional about seeing other people attain that which we have attained, if we are, in, if we are committed and intentional about seeing other people be fruitful, as we are fruitful, then together we will rise as an army that is ready to take territories as opposed to just an arrowhead that goes on its own without being able to penetrate the defenses of the enemy. Many of us have decided that with what God has endowed us, or what God has endowed us with, we're just going to run and fight the battle on our own. He never sent you alone. He sent them out in twos as an indication that we would do this in togetherness as opposed to doing it in uniqueness or isolation. We would do it with our uniqueness, but not in isolation. 
Let me just make that clear. I bring the uniqueness of my gift. You bring the uniqueness of your gift. But it is that collectiveness that is the ecclesia. The ecclesia refers to a group of people that have been given the authority to govern over a jurisdiction. And so for us to govern on the earth, for us to rule and reign on the earth, we need to come together. And for us to come together is to rise together. And to rise together is to continually equip one another in the ministry of remembrance. And by the ministry of remembrance to say, you know what? I, I know we have haven't spoken about this in a while, but it's been on my heart lately and I want to share with you. I know we haven't spoken about this in a while, but it's been on my heart. I want to share with you. A lot of the things that I share here on this broadcast are things that have been revealed to me, are things that I've observed, are things that I've practiced, are things that have been fruitful in, and then the Lord brings them to my remembrance. And sometimes when he brings them to my remembrance, now that I've also taken on the perspective of, or, 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 or taken on the perspective of God's word from other people's revelations, then it becomes even richer. It becomes even more effective. It becomes clearer. And that is the reason why we, we cannot stop doing it. We have to do it because it is a forever ministry. And forever means ongoing without end. And so if we have been given the spirit of remembrance forever without end, then we also need to remind others without end. So the third thing that we remind people of is this. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he said to his disciples, saw him. And they believed that it was him, even before they saw him, the ones who heard. But there was Thomas, there was Thomas who said, no, until I see him, I will not believe. And Jesus made himself, Jesus appeared to him just to meet him where he was at. Even though he said, blessed are those who have believed without having seen. Jesus could have just said that. You know what, Thomas, it's your problem. Some people, some people would believe without seeing. And so if you can't do the same, then I'm sorry I can't help you. But guess what? Jesus met him where he was at. I want you to remind folks. Begin with yourself. Remind yourself that if Jesus did it, you should do it. Meet people where they're at. They might be saying things to you that you know are not the most ideal from a kingdom perspective. Meet them where they're at. Jesus told us that the kingdom perspective is to believe without seeing because we do not walk by sight. We walk, we walk by faith. So if, if we walk by faith and not by sight, that Jesus had no business accommodating Thomas, but because of that love, he was compelled to appear to him. And that same love should compel and constrain us, not force us, but move us. Because when you use the word compel, sometimes people think, oh, we're not supposed to do anything forcefully because freely have we received, freely we should give. Yes, we give freely, but the Bible says that we are constrained by the love of God. We are compelled, we are motivated by the, by the love of God. Let the love of God motivate you to meet people where they're at. And remind others to do the same. Remind others to meet people where they are at. The fourth thing that I want to remind us of. So remember the first one is that we are all of the same value because we were bought by the same blood and remind people to share their testimony and thirdly, remind others to meet folks where they're at. The, third, the fourth thing that I want to share with us is that you are the Ananias that a Paul needs to get started. If you don't remind people of the things that are important in the word of God, you might just be, or that word of remembrance on your lip might be the missing link between them sitting complacent and then, 
and them being activated to do the work of the, of the ministry. Remember when Saul, who became Paul, on his way to Damascus, he saw Jesus and he heard Jesus spoke to him. So basically, he had had the revelation of the word of God, but that was yet not enough. He needed to have somebody else bring the word of God to him. And when Ananias came, Paul was activated. Let me tell you something. There are people that you think are already fulfilling the call of God upon their lives, but what you're looking at is only the dress rehearsals of their destiny. Until you speak that word to them, they may not fully be activated into the fullness of their destiny. It is important for us to remind ourselves that we have a part to play in the lives of other people. So you be reminded and then remind other people also and say, you know what? You need to always make sure that you don't hold back whatever God put on your lip to say to somebody you may look at them and you think that they're already doing right no speak life speak the truth speak that word because it might be something they said to you once before they may have said it to you a long time ago but it's now your turn to remind them of it because that could be all they need at that time to be activated into the fullness of their calling. Some of our brethren are walking with scales in their eyes and they need us to remind them of the things that we both used to know. I'm telling you time and time again, I've had to remind people, even the same people that were once enthusiastic about fellowship, the same people who were once enthusiastic about not forsaking the assembling together of the saints. I have had to remind a lot of folks lately that look, no matter what it is, however it is, whatever we need to do, let's make sure that we stay faithful to that, com to that commandment, to that call, to not forsake the assembling together of ourselves. Even if they were the ones who used to invite me to fellowship, it doesn't matter. But right now, if they're not bearing the fruits of remembrance or bearing fruits that are worthy of the commandment, I will remind them and say to them, no, it's time. So remind, remember, you may be that Ananias that that Paul requires to be able to get up and begin to fulfill their destiny. And lastly, we need to remind people of something John the Beloved said again and again in his writing, which of course was what Jesus was saying to him. Let him who has an ear, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. Remind people to listen. Remind folks to listen. When you come together to pray, don't just get up after praying. Remind folks to listen. When you notice that everything that someone's spoken to you about for five minutes is from the news, remind them to listen for what God is saying. Because if we do not listen to what the Spirit is saying unto the churches, we will be conformed unto this world. It is a giving. It is either you are on the Lord's side or you're not. So if I'm not listening to what the Spirit is saying, I will hear what the false prophet is saying. Do you know that one of the things that is very critical is that the way the Holy Spirit is in operation in the world, bringing to our remembrance what the, Holy, what, what the Lord Jesus has said, speaking to us and bringing to our remembrance what is in the heart of the Father. In the same way, the beast, the Antichrist, also has its own false prophets that is speaking all kinds of blasphemous, blasphemous things. The Antichrist has a false prophet that is speaking pompous things. 
Jesus said it in Matthew 24. He said the, 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 the beast will deceive the nations through the ministry of his false prophets and teachers. False prophets and teachers. So if we don't remind our folks to listen to what God is saying, then they will continually hear what the enemy is saying. The reason why many of people, many of believers today are so depressed and so confused is because they have heard more what the world is saying than what the word is saying. So we need to remind people. And in closing, and I'm going to say this again because this is what today's message is about, is the gospel of remembrance. I want to remind you to be thankful for this nation. Remind you to be thankful that this nation gives you a good insight into how kingdom works from the perspective of the of the reason for patriotism and your response to patriotism, which is genuine gratitude for the sacrifices that have been made. I want to remind you of that. And I also want to remind you that of the five things that I have said, one that I would say is most critical is the last one. Because when you hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches, you will hear the Spirit remind you of the power of the blood, remind you of the, of, the, of the significance of the word of your testimony. You will hear the Spirit remind you that you could be the Ananias in someone else's life. We need to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. And so that is all from me today, folks. And it is my heart desire that as we continue to press on, as we're getting closer and closer to the great day of the Lord, that we will not assume that our brothers and sisters are fine the way they are, but that we would allow ourselves to be partners genuinely with the Holy Spirit in bringing to their remembrance the word that is due in season, speaking that which needs to be heard at that time. And I tell you what, it is a forever ministry. Let us never get tired of saying it. Even if they turn around and say to you that, don't you think I know that? Just say, well, I'm just making sure. I am just making sure. Alrighty, folks. I just want to thank you once again for your audience. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this also. Um, and um, for those who just went right into it, like I did, who haven't done a watch party, why don't you go ahead and do a watch party after the broadcast? Or maybe at a time that you know your friends are more likely to be online. Uh, but if I were you, I'd do it right away because it's always there. So why don't we do that? Why don't we like the post and share it? Tag people in the comment. If you're on YouTube, copy and share with other people. And let's just make sure that we are all in this ministry of reconciliation together, in this ministry of remembrance that allows for us to be reminded of the love of God. And when we are adequately reminded of that love of God, we will do what it says. Keeping the commandment has never been more key than it is today. Again, and in closing, let us not treat as profane that which the Lord, Lord calls holy. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit us at www.communion.house and follow us on all social media platforms at Communion House. Again, that's www.communion.house and all social media platforms at Communion House. Thank you and God bless.